since this episode is about kicking off the school year, we thought it appropriate to begin the Get the Word Out podcast 2019-2020 season with clips from the award-winning Liberty and Freedom High School bands from our opening convocation. Many thanks to all who made this possible. Welcome to Get the Word Out podcast. Our continuing mission is to communicate and celebrate great stories of teaching and learning at the Bethlehem Area School District. We are your hosts, Laura Martin, Yvonne Zundel, and Patrick Conley. We are technology integration specialists at Bethlehem Area School District in Bethlehem, PA. I'm at the middle schools, Yvonne is at the high schools, and Patrick is at the elementary schools. This is episode nine, kicking off a new school year. You know, I feel like BASD is this great big team getting ready for a new season with new plays in our playbook and talented teachers on the field. Preseason training was in session this summer at our BASD Summer Tech Academy. How's this football theme working so far? Right. Our Summer Tech Academy was like our training camp. We brought in trainers to hone our skills. We had an EdTech all-star, Eric Kurtz, to fire up the team to prepare us to have a winning season. That is the job of every player on our team, to encourage, empower, and ignite student learning. We have all our elementary teachers coming back this year from successes in the Reading by Grade 3 program with Wonders. Pearson Math, Spanish as a Special, the new digital literacy class, and so much more. It just seems to me that it's easier this new school year to hit the gridiron and get ready for the season with a better understanding of the playbook we use. Keep listening because you'll hear from teachers who attended the Tech Academy and already have plans on using what they learned there. Also, we'll talk about how BASD teachers can earn B-Flex while listening to this Get the Word Out podcast and other educational podcasts too. Hi, I'm Monique Everett, the librarian at Bethlehem Area School District at Liberty High School, and now the Tech Tools segment. In keeping with our theme of kicking off a new year, I decided to talk about Google's new Priority Drive and Workspaces. Google Drive now has four areas. My Drive, Shared With Me, Shared Drives, and the new Priority area. One of the most frequently asked questions we get as tech coaches is, How can I organize my Google Drive? A lot of those questions. Oh, yeah. One teacher this week said, I get lost in the Google Drive black hole. (laughs) Right now, I have no less than 80 folders in my Google Drive. And I use various techniques like uh, color coding to help me with visual organization. Another strategy I use is to add a punctuation symbol, like an exclamation point, to the front of the folder name. That automatically adds it to the beginning of the list. All of my documents are safely stored there. What's the problem with that? Well, I can't see what I'm working on. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only person out there who's struggling with finding things in the Google Drive. You know when you put things away so well that you can't find them? You never find them. That's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luckily, the search bu- button in Drive is you know, pretty good or I would be lost. That's how I survive. Yes. Right. Well, now Google has employed something called machine learning to help determine the documents and files that you are currently working on most frequently and put them in a new place called the priority page in your Google Drive. Have you noticed? I have noticed. I have a space for each of my current projects. Um, I can find related files easily. The ones that I create 
along with files that people share with me all in one place. It's really nice. Well, to make this even more amazing, the new workspaces area is located on the priority page. So workspaces allows the user to organize and quickly access files in one place without searching the entire drive. So right now I have about four workspaces going, one for this podcast, one where I gather things for my tech tips newsletter, shameless plug. So think of it as a digital desktop with shortcuts to the files you need to work on for a project. So if your Google Drive is a black hole, I strongly suggest you check it out. I will. I'm going to talk about the QR code generator website. Now, there are a few QR code generator apps and websites, but I like to use this one, and it's super easy to use. Well, what is a QR code, people might ask. Well, a QR code is a two-dimensional barcode that is readable by smartphones, tablets, computers, and a Chromebook. A QR code can be printed to provide a link to either free text, a URL, a contact, a phone number to call, or a text message already written to send. Right now we're using the URL piece at Dunnigan Elementary School for a project. At their open house, parents from Mrs. Piasante's class scan their child's QR code with their phone's scanning app or a Chromebook via the QR code generator website and then watch the video of their child discussing the project they work on. It was like pretty amazing stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I'm going to bring a little tech tool, uh, and it's something small, but sometimes when people see me using it, they say, what is that? It's called Google Tasks. So I'm back in the Google area like Laura. Um, Google Tasks is a quick way to make to-do lists. There's a lot more to it, but what I like about it is that it integrates with Google Mail and Google Calendar, and there's a mobile app so that I can have it on my phone so I can continue to access my to-do list wherever I'm at and add to the list when I'm on the go. Where is this Google task area? Well, just open your Gmail and it's on the right side now that they've updated Gmail a little bit and there are little icons along the right. It's the little blue circle icon. When you create a task, you just click on that icon and it shows up, you can just start typing, you can add details, you can set a date and time for the task, and subtasks. So if it's more like a project, you can kind of get as involved as you want to, and you can make it repeat on certain days when you set that date and time. And here's a tip. If you add a date and time to your task, you'll get mobile notifications at the scheduled date and times. For tasks that have a date but don't have a time, you'll also get notifications, but they come at 9 a.m. So how does it truly integrate with mail or Gmail? Well, you can make an email message a task. Now, I do this a lot. So, yeah, do you get an email and it's something you have to do? Yeah. Right? So you need to come back to it. And you're worried that you may not get back to the email. Um, you know, I have my certain ways of doing things. Like sometimes I make the mail unread just so it's black and bold. Sure. So, but you kind of want to move on. So when you look at your email front page, when you go to the email in Gmail, click on the email, put a check mark right in front of the title of the email. Like, you know, you're going to be doing something with that email message. Then when you go to the three dots along the top, 
there is an option to add to tasks. So that will add the email to your task list. So it will show up on the right and you can click on the task for quick access to that email. Nice. It's really nice. Sure. I use it all the time uh, because I'm just so afraid that something's going to get buried and then I'm going to forget about it. So adding it to the tasks has really saved me that worry. <laughs> oh, and I need to add this. If I am in my Google Tasks area, you know, that little blue icon on the right, and I want to put a task there, but I want it to show up on my Google Calendar, what I do is, you know, I just put a date on it. So I make a task, give it a date, and then it will refresh, and then it will appear on my Google Calendar, and it will be in a different color, but it will have like a little icon, like it's like a little finger with a string around it something uh, like that yeah. it's sort of it stands out as it's not a calendar event it's like a to-do thing uh it's something that i need to do so that's pretty cool too oh i'm definitely going to look into that i made a video about it last year and we'll put that in the show notes great so when we were writing this episode we knew that we wanted to revisit some of the good things that we learned at the summer tech academy this year every year many teachers attend wanting to hear from an insightful keynote speaker and fellow educators who want to share how they've been using technology in their classrooms. So we recently caught up with our keynote speaker, Eric Kurtz. Uh, we asked him for some advice on how to start the school year off on the right foot. In addition to Eric, we spoke to a couple teachers who attended the Tech Academy to hear their plans for this school year. Tony DeChico, an elementary tech coach, had a chance to speak with Rachel Lynn from Fountain Hill Elementary School, and Laura spoke with Lisa Rodriguez from East Hills Middle School. Erica, it's great to reconnect with you. Uh, it's September, and we saw you at our Tech Academy. Uh, it was very well attended, and uh, did you have a lot of people attend your sessions? Oh my heavens, yes, yes. It was uh, standing room only in those sessions, uh, which is wonderful. It's fantastic to, I mean, listen, I am happy to train a single person. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it is wonderful, yes, when you do have a room full of folks that are excited to be there, they have great questions and they're participating, and it was an absolute pleasure to work with the staff that were there. Awesome. And could you briefly recap i well i think you did a session about uh screencasting yeah yeah i had i had four sessions while i was with you guys um there was the opening keynote where i talked about the big blank wall and embracing educational technology change um, and then we had breakout sessions after that yes i did one on screencastify uh did one on pear deck and then did one on google tools for struggling students yeah, and I, I think they were very well received. Uh, definitely, we, we, we did a uh, feedback form and a lot of teachers noted um, enjoying and learning a lot from your sessions and bringing some of those tools that they learned about and ideas that, that you shared with them, bringing them into their classrooms this year. So you made a huge impact in our school district and in our Tech Academy this summer, and we thank you. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. Great. And, and so what have you been doing since Tech Academy? I know that's been a little Couple less months. than a month. Oh, oh, about seems a month. like longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, so it's been still pretty busy as I wrapped up um, uh, with August. We had uh, a number of 
schools doing trainings, doing conferences. So um, after I left you guys, um, I went to um, San Antonio for uh, a training, wow. went to um, upstate New York, so north of Syracuse area, up by Watertown um, for a couple of days, um, went to the Upper Peninsula in, in Michigan, which is gorgeous. Um, I was, I was a, there this year. Okay. I was in, I was in Sault Ste. Marie. Um, wow. And uh, it's just beautiful up there. I was up there for, uh, for a conference. Um, and then I wrapped up my world tour heading back to New York, but actually New York City. Uh, for the final uh, for the final day of that, and oh my goodness, it feels good to sleep in my bed again. Uh, now, don't get me wrong; I love, love, love traveling. I love doing the conferences, and it has been a phenomenal time. But it's also important to balance it with my two grandkids and uh, sleeping in my own bed every now and then. <laughs> so it's nice to be back to a little bit more of a normal schedule. I've got a few a few uh, trips coming up each month uh, ahead, you know, here in the fall. But uh, it's in the summertime that things are uh, really, really busy. Right. There's no place like home, as they say. In all the different places that you've been, Eric, what is your number one question that you get from teachers around this time of year? Well, that's a tough one. Um, I would say that this year it's not so much a specific question, but a type of question. And that is one that's really encouraging to me. I've had a lot of people asking about trying something new. And I think that's just more of a, of a good attitude that they've had about, it's a new school year, I wanna try something new. I've gotten these emails saying, hey, I've been meaning to X, Y, Z. I've been wanting to you know, try out virtual reality, or I've been wanting to try out something. Can you, can you help with that? Can you point me in a direction? And I like that, I love that attitude. It's the new school year, let's try some new things. And that's been the sort of question I've been seeing a lot of recently is people wanting to stretch out a little bit from their comfort zone and try something new that they haven't done before. Maybe they heard about it during a summer training or it's something they've been, you know, been meaning to attempt and it's a new school year, so let's let's go for it great I mean so would is that maybe your basic advice for teachers when they start off their school year is trying something new or well, with, without a doubt I think that you know if you want to stay in a more general type of a thing I totally agree with that yes um, try something new you don't don't feel like you have to change everything in your class you don't have to turn your classroom upside down that's not realistic. I think when we talk about making changes, it's taking something you've done before and modifying it. It's maybe bumping it up on the SAMR scale a little bit or adding another C from the four C's into it, you know, doing something that uh, takes advantage of technology where maybe it didn't before. And that's valuable because if you try to change everything all at once and you try to make some massive giant tech project, um, you may do it one time <laughs> and it may go well, but after it's done, you're like, I am not doing that again. It's kind of like, you know, a project for a graduate class or something. You know, you write this massive lesson plan into this giant project and then you're like, yeah, I'm glad that's over with. Instead, you know, if we just make small changes, then it's something that we want to do again. We're like, that worked. Okay, I can iterate on that. But I think it's also good as an example to our colleagues. You know, if people see you doing these crazy, amazing giant projects, they'll be like, oh yeah, sure, Eric can do that, but no, not me. No, but if they see, oh, all you did was add Flipgrid in and that allowed you to do this neat pre-activity 
well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I could, I could do that. And I think those kind of small changes are sustainable for us and they're encouraging to our colleagues. And they also help us focus on what it is we're trying to do. It can't just be about the technology. If you're just trying to make a lesson to showcase the technology, we're missing the point that we're here to teach math and science and language arts and social studies and, and, and you know, communication and collaboration and creativity. And we're not here to teach the Google tools, they're just the tool that can help with it. So yeah, I think, you know, that would be a good advice for the start of a school year is uh, make a small change and uh, grow from there. Yeah. Thank you. Really, really great advice. And I I can say personally, I'm going to come clean. I've learned a ton from you just by following you on Twitter. Um, That's wonderful. I'm glad. Maybe I could be classified as a groupie. I'm not sure. (laughs) But let's see. (laughs) Just saying. Um, where can teachers find out more about you or find some of the great resources, guides, um, sure. techniques that, that you have for um, the classroom? The easiest thing would be my blog. So I have a blog at Control-Alt-Achieve, so kind of a play off of Control-Alt-Delete, the idea that we're rebooting our classroom just like you reboot a computer. So it's Control-Alt-Achieve.com. And if you um, get there, you can find everything from there. So that's where you're going to find the blog posts. That's where you're going to find the podcast. That's where you're going to find the webinar videos. That's where you're going to find the monthly newsletter. That's where you're going to find my Twitter account. That's where you're going to find all of those things. And so I I tend to send people that direction and then find what works for you. If you like podcasts and it's helpful just to listen on your way into work, okay, sign up for the podcast. If you want a once a month reminder of what new things I put on the site, sign up for the newsletter. If you use Twitter, you know, follow me on Twitter, you know, and we'll connect there. Uh, Whatever works for folks, uh, that would be where I would direct people to at controlaltachieve.com. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Eric. And we'll make sure we put all that information on the show notes for the podcast and Again, um, thanks and have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy yourself. You deserve it. Thank you so much, guys. Okay, good morning. I'm here with uh, Rachel Lynn, a BASD art teacher. Uh, Rachel, how was your overall experience of the Tech Academy? Well, I really enjoyed being able to take the whole day at the Tech Academy and uh, really just dive into a bunch of different ideas that I've been sort of toying with over the past past couple months. So it was really nice to take that time. All right. Did you enjoy the day overall? I thought there was a really great variety of different uh, sessions that you could attend. Um, I particularly liked um, a session on mindfulness. Uh, It was really great to use to pair up uh, breathing techniques with uh, painting techniques. Because I'm an art teacher, it made a lot of sense to really get kids to slow down and to pause and to think about what they were creating. Another session that really stuck out to me was a um, a session on screencasting and creating videos of what's going on on your computer screen. And I want to pair that up with a document camera that I have to create instructional videos so that I can start incorporating a bit of a flipped classroom sort of uh, function in my classroom because there's only one of me and I have many students and they all have lots of questions. wonderful. (laughs) Definitely. And definitely, if you have that bank of uh, videos, yes, um, that's a good uh, 
yeah, sort of resource to have. Absolutely. And I think it can also be great for things like snow days and things like that where students can, you know, maybe they're bored, maybe they're driving their siblings crazy, and they can look up one of the instructional videos and practice some drawing techniques at home. All right. So would you recommend the Summer Tech Academy to other teachers? Absolutely. I think I think it has a really great variety that you can find exactly what you're looking for and really take that time to collaborate with a lot of other Bethlehem and outside the district teachers and hear what they have to share. Thank you. Awesome. Of course. You bet. Hi, this is Laura Martin. I'm here with Lisa Rodriguez, an English teacher at East Hills Middle School, and she's going to tell us about her favorite learning experience at this year's Summer Tech Academy. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lori. It's really nice of you to have me on the podcast today. I always look forward to the Tech Academy each year because there are so many different uh, experiences and different things to learn about at the Tech Academy, and all of the instructors are really well-versed and very generous with their time and all of their knowledge. I think this year my favorite experience had to be podcasting. It's such a big trend these days. And um, I'm looking forward to working with Study Sync this year. And I feel like there is a skill uh, where the students have to converse collaboratively about passages and literature. And I definitely think that podcasting and trying very brief podcasts uh, where students are talking about uh, what they're writing or what they're reading and citing evidence to support their thinking will be very beneficial and will also cover uh, a creative aspect and something that really uh, is happening so much in our world today. Many people are listening to podcasts and um, currently I am podcast obsessed and I think that many students will also find themselves creating their own in the future. So this will really be a great experience for them. I really appreciate the time that I spend there every year. I agree, Lisa. And thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. So those were great interviews. Um, there's so many people getting into the podcast craze. Uh, that reminds me that we need to share how BASD teachers can learn by listening to podcasts and earn B-Flex hours. How do they do that? So we did a session on the B-Flex day in June about this, and it seems to be pretty popular. Teachers can listen to our Get the Word Out podcast or another one that is on our list of approved podcasts to earn actual B-Flex credit. And there's a nice list there, too. There is. Um, our website is at bit.ly slash B-A-S-D podcast learn. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T-L-E-A-R-N. Teachers can walk through each page to learn how to access podcasts, the list of accepted podcasts you can listen to, and how hours are counted. Anyone who participates needs to fill out the form for each episode they listen to and share something on the Padlet located on the site. And Easy if, peasy. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, there is also a place where they can suggest a podcast be added. Right. Uh, if there's something they feel is beneficial, they can, on that website, fill it out, uh, and you know we will add it to the list if it's uh, you know educational podcast. Oh, that's great. Hey, screencasting was a hit as well, and Eric's tips were very helpful. This year, try something new. Use Screencastify to maybe flip your classroom. 
Record a how-to video while navigating Wii Video for a class project. Practice fluency or just narrate a slideshow. We want to thank Eric for being part of our Tech Academy and our podcast. Yeah, I also just want to say thank you all to our presenters. I think everybody here uh, is also uh, feeling that way because we couldn't have done it without you. Uh, and if you missed the Tech Academy this summer, the schedule that we had available uh, is still uh, online. And uh, what was really nice is that the schedule was there. And if you click on the name of the session, you can get to the presenter's materials to learn more about the project. The Tech Academy site is still available. It's um, when you go into the staff page, it's kind of near the top on the left, uh, the uh, Summer Tech Academy for now. Uh, but the session schedule will remain available this fall. You can get right to the schedule by going to bit.ly slash BSTA19 schedule. That's bit.ly slash BSTA19 S-C-H-E-D-U-L-E. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Get the Word Out podcast. We hope you picked up a tip or two and some inspiration to make this a great school year. Hey, thank you, everyone, who made this year's Tech Academy a success. And let's all make an effort to try something new, as Eric said. What will you try from our podcast today? Let us know by mentioning us on Twitter, um, you can follow us at uh, B-A-S-T-G-T-W-O. Uh, you can find our tips and links to Eric Kurtz's resources on our show notes at bit.ly slash B-A-S-D-G-T-W-O. Thanks. Thanks.